talking about it. This is Hamilton Today with Scott Thompson on 900 CHML. Uh, The White House says President Joe Biden told Russian President Vladimir Putin on Tuesday, that's today, the U.S. is prepared to launch strong economic measures uh, if Russia invades the Ukraine, signaling that these new measures would pack a bigger punch than sanctioned issued back in 2014 when uh, Russia refused to stop occupying Crimea. He actually said, quote, I will look you in the eye and tell you that things we did not do in 2014, we are prepared to do now. And during the last several months, Russia has erected supply lines, including medical units and fuel supplies, which could sustain a drawn-out conflict if Moscow decides to invade Ukraine. To talk more about all of this, Elliot Tepper is with us, a professor of political science, Carleton University, and with us now. Elliot, thank you for the time. I hope you're well. Oh, thank you, Scott, and, and same to you. So how will or did Vladimir Putin react to this call today? Calmly. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he made his points very clearly. Both sides did. They were um, the opening. All we got to see was the opening uh, greetings, very friendly. And after that, unlike with uh, the call with President Xi, of, uh, Xi Jinping of China, uh, where we got to see more of the opening banter uh, before they went to dark. Uh, so this was a you know very pleasant opening, and then each side laid out their their um, particular positions. We did hear directly from President Biden that uh, you better lay off Ukraine because this time, if you do something at all, keeping in mind uh, when he says this time, he's referring back to 2014 mm-hmm. when. Russia indeed grabbed Crimea. The, uh, I guess other than Georgia and Ossetia, this is the first time that there was a movement of troops across borders to seize territory since, I don't know, 1939. So it, it, we are in a very risky situation. But uh, this, So President Biden said this time you'll actually pay a cost. Uh, it, and not only that, strong economics, quote, and other measures in the event of military escalation. That's the official readout. So uh, does that make it quite clear that uh, he will take a much different stance than the last president uh, did? And does that make someone like a Vladimir Putin stand down or just push harder? The uh, evidence in the past is that nothing much you say to Mr. Putin is going to change his behavior because, in fact, none of the measures taken hurt him in a very serious way, either materially or in terms of of his self-perceived role in, in geopolitics and certainly in his neighborhood. The measures they're talking about potentially could have, as it was indicated, a much greater economic impact because they're talking about perhaps cutting off access basically to Western credit uh, for anybody uh, related to named designated uh, entities within the Soviet Union, I'm sorry, within Russia, and uh, that could indeed bite. But there's how can I put this gently? There's been nothing done regarding Russia and Mr. Putin's behavior that has caused him in the Middle East, uh, after Crimea, after the shooting down of MH17, we should remember that, from Russian territory. You can go on, <laughs> you can go on onto YouTube and see you know, the missiles that were brought in yeah. and uh, the shooting down of that airline. So uh, there's been nothing so far really to deter him. Whether he actually plans to do anything, of course, is another question. So is this Vladimir Putin saying, okay, prove it? 
and he'll just keep moving forward until he crosses a line. There was a scholar of of the area who said, look, if anybody can tell you what Mr. Putin actually is thinking, they're just mm-hmm. trying to sell you something. He, he's playing his cards very close to his chest. He's got the option, and this was all laid out in a U.S. security and intelligence release. You can read it in your local newspapers or online about the plans, actual plans for an invasion attacking on three sides, basically to wear out and wear down uh, Ukraine and, and uh, move in. But there's no no actual knowing whether this is a bluff, whether it's a, a preparation. The comment on the security analysis was early, you know, basically in January, they plan to invade. But there's no way actually to know what Mr. Putin is thinking. Is this uh, a way of just testing Biden? Because obviously with the last president, uh, the world order (laughs) seemed to be anything that anybody wanted. Uh, Is this him? Is this Vladimir Putin testing Biden? Yes, of course. It is a test of Biden. And Biden, we should, um, everybody is aware that Mr. Biden is beleaguered at home. Uh, One Mm -hmm. of the questions that, has been raised is why would Mr. Putin do it this now uh, and last April and May as well? They moved their troops in and then moved them back. Why would he be doing it now? And uh, one of the answers is the perennial that I teach my students, the domestic factors in international politics, hmm. both Mr. Biden and in his own way, Mr. Putin are beleaguered at home. So what do you do uh, in the case of Mr. Putin, if you want to distract attention from the increasing weaknesses that he's facing economically and in terms of protest and Mr. Navalny and uh, a loss of the poll show his popularity is going down, well, a dandy little war abroad is a great way, as happened over Crimea, to raise your, to raise your popularity, or at least the threat of it looking strong. And, of course, Mr. Biden, uh, for all of his talk about what the U.S. is going to do and we're going to have a summit of democracies coming up very soon and uh, the U.S. is back and etc. The reality is he is bogged down at home severely and he's hobbled and the Republicans won't even allow him to appoint ambassadors and uh, others to important posts. So he is very beleaguered at home. Will anybody take Mr. Biden seriously? Unfortunately, is a fair geopolitical question. Uh, if something like Crimea happens again, uh, will the U.S. get involved militarily? Uh, the, how can we put this? The possibility that we could stumble into something like an armed conflict is there in this particular buildup. Keeping in mind there is no security guarantee for Ukraine between bilaterally with the U.S., and Ukraine is not a member of NATO, and a lot of what's going on in terms of Mr. Putin and why is he doing this, he's saying, I don't want another country encroaching anywhere near our borders, besides which Ukraine isn't actually a separate country. It really belongs to us. And uh, his rhetoric in that regard has been building up as part of the military buildup as well, as part of pressure, that he doesn't even recognize them as not part of, not his sphere of influence, but part of the Russian hege- uh, hegemonic enterprise. So uh, the the possibility that something could happen is there, but that we do not have, as far as I know, secret treaties secretly arrived at, which led us into the First World War. Uh, the NATO pending membership is very much on uh, Mr. Putin's demand. He wants in writing that uh, there will never be a NATO membership brought to uh, to his borders from, from this 
state, as others have done, Poland and others, former part of the Soviet Union. And he's saying, I, that's a red line for me. Interestingly, and I'd like to quickly dig into this because you have to dig down into it, he's also saying, well, that was my red line. I don't want, I want a written guarantee that NATO will not, uh, that Ukraine will never join NATO. And of course, the response is, it's a sovereign country. There's nowhere near, there's a pathway toward NATO, but they're nowhere near membership. There is no Article 5. An attack will not automatically lead to military response by all the NATO partners. But mm. buried away in there is another interesting, and I think uh, we haven't noticed enough of it. Now his red line is, I don't want missiles brought into Ukraine, which can reach Moscow in 7 to 10 minutes. Wow. If they are. So <laughs> there has been a weakening, a weakening of the various measures to prevent war over time. And one of those is the intermediate-range ballistic missiles. He doesn't want any of there. He said, oh, look, we've got hypersonic missiles. We can do things, too, but I don't want them here. To me, this is a call, a clarion call, to reinvigorate the various barriers we've had against armed conflict, including let's have a brand-new treaty. Let's bring China in. Let's That's bring in other neck. countries on yeah. all those missiles because those are nuclear-capable missiles if they did get stationed in Ukraine, and that has been under discussion. I was just about to ask you about China's influence in all of this, but we're going to have to save that for next time. Elliot Tepper with us, Professor of Political Science, Carleton University. Uh, U.S. President Joe Biden and Russian President Vladimir Putin have a virtual call today. Boy, we've been through a few of those. You can imagine what it's like between these two. Elliot, as always, thanks so much for the time. Be well. Oh, you're very welcome, and uh, it's always a pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Hamilton Today podcast. You can listen to the show live weekday afternoons from 3 to 6 on 900CHML and online at 900CHML.com. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.